0: on point with craig's investment partners all right good morning all as always remember the information provided here is general in nature it's not financial advice it does not take into account your situation objectives goals or risk tolerance all investments are subject to risk and none are guaranteed so before you make any decisions We always recommend you contact an investment advisor first and you can find more information about Craig's Investment Partners Financial Advisory Services at our website, which is craigsip.com. Okay, let's just do a bit of a recap of last week. It was a better week, a better week than we've had uh, for a little while. In global markets, the US broke a three-week losing streak. So the S&P 500 rose 1.9%, so good return there after three down weeks. uh, We saw a similar trend uh, in the UK and Europe. Uh, The UK market up 0.9%, European markets up about 1.4%, although they've been generally stronger anyway. Um, The U.S. has been a bit mixed, started with a bang, uh, went through a bit of a soft patch, and now we've had a good week. So U.S. shares are up about 5.4% this year, whereas in the U.K. and Europe, it has been a more seamless positive trend. Uh, So the U.K. market's up 6.7% and Europe is up 9.3%. So Europe is performing very well uh, so far in 2023 closer to home uh markets were a little bit more cautious uh, the aussie market was flat uh, pretty much went sideways over the week uh and the local nzx 50 fell slightly 0.3 percent that was the fourth down week in a row from the new zealand market we're still up this year up about three and a half percent but uh we've had you know a few a few down weeks in a row i i, I guess thinking about uh This week, you could see markets in this part of the world start in a bit more of a positive mindset uh, because we did have um, quite a good night on Wall Street on Friday. So today, Monday, could be a better day uh, across the local market. Um, Top movers on the local market last week. Restaurant brands up 9%, the NZX up 7%, Vista up 5%. Um, had a couple of results from from those, a couple of those companies. Uh, the worst performers were Somerset, Sinlay and um, Pushpay. Pushpay, obviously, we got the news about the scheme of arrangement uh, not succeeding. Um, so that was the reason that that stock was in the... the um, the, the bottom three in terms of movers in the NZX50. Interest rate markets, uh, we, we had short-term interest rates continue to rise in the U.S., so the U.S. two-year Treasury yield increased from 4.81 to 4.86, so it's pretty much sitting at the highest levels in 15 or 16 years, uh, highest since 2007. The 10-year... Ended the week up slightly. Ended at 3.95, so that's um, the highest since November, and it's the uh, uh, it was higher than it where it was a week earlier. It actually pushed above um, four percent at one point during the week, which is a bit of a a psychological um, uh, point, you know, for it to start with a four rather than a three, and we haven't seen that uh, since since late last year. So. Uh, local interest rate markets, we saw the most rates move higher here as well. Um, the five-year swap rate uh, ended the week at 4.89, so that's about eight basis points higher than where it started the week. Still below where it was in October. That five-year swap rate got to almost 5.2% in October, so we're still below those levels, but uh, we're at the highest level since late December. So the corporate bond index... Um, uh had had another down week although it remains up uh slightly in 2023 nzx corporate bond index is up uh, 0.7 percent key events of the week um we had the anz business survey here in new zealand and that is is always interesting uh it, it improved um so we saw the headline confidence measure improve uh, from minus 52 to minus 43.3. So that's good. Uh, moving in the right direction, second months of improve second month of improvement. It was terrible in December, pretty much the worst ever. Uh, and then January and February, it's crept a little bit higher. Well, we're still well below the historic average. The historic average since the survey started in 1988 is plus four point six, so you know minus forty versus plus four. Um, still pretty terrible in a long term sense. However, um, we're at the the highest we've seen in four months, so uh, so that's good too. The own activity measure, which is the one that's a better indicator for where growth is going, it also improved. It rose to minus 9.2. Again, it's well below the long term average. The long term average is plus 24. So, you know, it looks terrible in a long term context. But um, we're at the highest level since October. So, you know, um, not too bad in terms of where the trend is going. Pricing intentions, which is, is an indication of what firms are planning to do with their prices over the coming months. And, and that's really important, obviously, because that tells us where inflation is likely to go. Uh, they fell slightly. Um uh, so they're at the lowest level since November, well below the, the high levels that prevailed for most of 2022, but still elevated. So it's it's just another one of those inflationary indicators that's telling us that things are going in the right direction, but still quite persistent, broad price pressures out there. Um, something positive on the survey, uh, in terms of inflation at least, was that past wage settlements um fell from 6.7 to 6.0 and every sector that ANZ talked to saw a decline uh, and expectations for wage settlements in the coming 12 months fell even further than that. They fell from 5.5% to 4.7%. So that's, that's positive in the sense that it tells you there's maybe a little bit of um, uh, softness uh, starting to come into the the labour market and that you're seeing some of those wage pressures uh, start to fall back as well. Because, you know, as as much as it's fantastic to have rising wages and a lot of jobs in New Zealand, frankly, need higher wages because they're not paid enough, um, wage inflation begets broad inflation. So, you know, you're never going to get inflation under control until you start to see wage inflation um, uh, fall back. So that was the ANZ Business Survey for February. Uh, Offshore, we had the February ISM indices uh, in the US, and ISM stands for Institute for Supply Management. Uh, These came in a bit weaker than expected, at least in terms of the the manufacturing um, index. Uh, You get one for the manufacturing part of the economy, one for the services sector. So we'll start with the manufacturing. The fourth consecutive uh, sub 50 reading 50 is your break-even point so under 50 means uh, that you're getting contraction uh, and above 50 means you're getting growth or expansion so that's that's sort of your break-even point uh, fourth sub 50 reading um, and that came after 29 straight months that we had of above 50 Um, until November last year when when the survey pushed under 50. So where did it come in? 47.7, so it's it's well below 50. Um, It actually improved a little bit from January, uh, but this was still below market forecasts and we're still pretty close to those lowest levels that we've seen since uh, May 2020 during the pandemic. Um, there's lots of other interesting parts of the survey that I keep an eye on. The new orders component uh, improved. It hit a two and a half year low in January of 42.5, which is very much in recessionary territory. Uh, And it was nice to see that bounce to 47. So it's still below 50, but certainly a lot better. Uh, New orders, obviously, is a a really good indicator for where where things are going in the future, because it's it's telling you sort of... um, you know what's coming down the pipe uh, in terms of inflation we had the prices paid index rise a little bit um, and you know it's up from where it was in December it had a two-year low in December uh, but it's still well down from the very high levels so again more of the same inflation moving in the right direction but only slowly uh, the supply delivery times index remains subdued it's pretty much at the lowest uh, or close to the lowest we've mm-hmm. seen since 2009 which uh, tells you that um, supply chains are at least improving and some of those blockages and delays are easing, so that's good news. Um, the services sector was actually much stronger. All of those figures that I'm quoting you are, are to do with the manufacturing sector, but uh, the services index actually came in better than expected. It um it came in uh, at 55.1, which is you know, a, a great result, well into expansionary territory, well above that break-even level of 50, uh, and it was a little bit ahead of forecast. So um, the manufacturing sector is showing signs of weakness, and, and even though manufacturing in the US is not what it used to be, you know, it used to be 50% of the economy, and now it's probably 10%, it still is a very good leading indicator of what's coming, so we still watch it closely closely. Um, Uh, but the services sector performing well. China PMIs, we had some more economic data come out of China uh, last week, uh, and these covered the month of February, um, and they really confirmed that rebound in activity that we've we've all been hoping for, and now we're seeing in 2023, so that's great news. Uh, The composite PMI, composite means that it covers manufacturing and services, it's surged to fifty six point four. That's the highest we've seen in ten years, and it's it's way above uh, January's levels, and certainly well above what we saw, you know, late last year where things were pretty terrible. So manufacturing and services both strong, both ahead of market expectations. That's good. Um, and we got some alternate um, PMIs to a private sector survey to just you know look at and compare uh, to that um, official government survey and. Private sector survey provided further evidence of that recovery. Um, manufacturing above forecasts and, and um, rising further, and uh, actually hitting the first the first time it was above fifty since July of last year, which is which is good. And in, in, in the services sector, we saw uh, a strong improvement too, um, higher since August, and that survey coming in at fifty five. So the good news continues to come out of China, which is really important because. Um, well, not only is it the the world's second biggest economy, but it's New Zealand's tr- biggest trading partner. It's Australia's biggest trading partner. So we really want to see that China recovery story uh, continue over the course of this year. That is is something positive that we can point to amongst um, some of the other negatives that we're seeing out there. Um, looking ahead, uh, looking ahead, there's a few things happening. We'll start with what's happening. Locally, and it is fairly quiet. You know, after a very busy period of the Reserve Bank and um, lots of corporate results um, and you know other releases, uh, it is quietening down a little bit now because we haven't got a Reserve Bank meeting until April, um, and the corporate re- reporting season is behind us. No results. Well, there'll be a few that'll be drip fed out, but for that, the, va- the vast bulk of them are. Um, uh, are behind us. We're actually going to film a video uh, later today, uh, which you'll see in the days ahead. Um, which will we'll cover some of the winners, losers, and key takeaways from the um, reporting season, and some other sort of um, uh, interesting topics about what we're seeing in the local market, whether it's Ryman, whether it's um, the, the effects of the floods on on thing, companies like Scales and so forth, um, all of those sorts of issues. So keep an eye on that uh, out for that. Got to be a client to see it, obviously, Uh, but um, many of you that listen are clients. Anyway, back to this week in New Zealand. Uh, Dairy prices, that will be really one of the only things that we'll see. Um, We've got the ANZ tracker meter. We've got the electronic card transactions. They'll be out too, but dairy prices on Wednesday. Um, A fortnight ago, we saw the headline GDT index slip a little bit, and that same week, we saw Fonterra reduce its payout. forecast um, at the midpoint from nine dollars to 8.50 so a decline of about five and a half percent and that was on the back of softer demand out of China and a more balanced sort of global milk supply from some of the key exporting regions so um, 8.50 is still not bad you know it's down from uh, last season's 9.30 if it plays out that way but it'd still be you know, the second highest apart from that one. So we'll get a fresh look at dairy prices this week and that will, be, um, uh, that will be important. On the global front, I think the key release will be the US jobs report and this will come out on Friday, so you won't see it until you wake up on um, Saturday morning. But this will be really important for a few reasons. One, it is one of the last major releases that we'll see ahead of the Federal Reserve meeting, which I think is the 22nd, 23rd of this month. Um, so it is one of the the last big releases that we'll get ahead of that and we're getting this at a time when the US economy is proving very resilient inflation's um, still high and we've seen a bit of a re-ac- re-acceleration in activity and in inflation so all eyes will be on this jobs report uh, if you think, think back to a month ago you might recall we had a really strong jobs report uh, the January report you know, just blew past expectations and the economy added, you know, 500,000 jobs, which was way ahead of forecast. It was the strongest in almost a year. Uh, And you had unemployment, Um, the unemployment rate fall as well, uh, fell to 3.4%, which is the lowest they've had in America since um, 1969. I, I get a lot of people come out and with regard to New Zealand and the US say, look, there's Unemployment's mm-hmm. not really that low, you know, it's the way they calculate. There's all these people that sort of aren't included in the numbers and they should be and it's sort of a bit of a sham. Well, look, there is a bit of truth in that because statistics are only as good as the way you calculate them and it's not always apples with apples and there are a few swings and roundabouts in there. So it's a fair point to make. However, you know, in both countries, we obviously don't just look at those headline un- unemployment levels. We look at all of the other information that that comes out as well, whether it's participation rates, whether it's the employment, not just the underemployment growth and, and levels. Um, and I keep a close eye on the, um, the underemployment sort of measures as well. So in the US, as an example, you have the U3 unemployment rate, which is that 3.4. Then they release what they call the U6. It's just a code they use. the underemployment rate and that's that's a broader measure of um unemployment so it'll take into account things like people maybe they're working part-time but they really want to be working full-time or they you know they're not getting the hours they need and it just measures broader labor market slack rather than just sort of you know are you employed or not because it's not quite that simple um and even that you know the point i'm trying to make here is even that is still pretty close to the lowest levels seen in a while they they started measuring that in 1994 and um where's it sitting at the moment It's sitting at 6.6 which is pretty close to some of the lowest that we've seen you know only going back to 1994 so i mean that's not as impressive as saying it's the lowest since 1969 but you know that's still going back uh, a fair way you know almost 30 years so um so this you've still got a very tight labor market in the US, just like you have here. Uh, so this will be really important for this week, and I think what markets will want to see, they won't want it to be as quite as strong as last time. You know, while that was fantastic, there's, you know, the economy's humming, lots of people getting jobs. Uh, we need to see a bit of an easing in labor market conditions for the Fed to at least have. Some belief that what they're doing is having an effect. So I think markets will will very much be crossing their fingers that you'll get a bit of a softer labour force report. Uh, and markets are expecting 215,000 new jobs to have been added, which is still good, uh, but it's you know not nearly as much as 500,000. Uh, and markets are expecting unemployment to sort of go sideways and be 3.4%, so um, the wage growth as well will be something that we'll be we'll be watching closely. That's on Friday night in the US, and that's probably the key event for the week. Um, central banks, uh, a bit happening there. We've got monetary policy decisions from Australia, Japan, and Canada coming through in the week ahead. The Aussie uh, decision will be tomorrow afternoon, so Tuesday afternoon, 430 30 uh the bank of japan is on friday and i forget what day canada is um is releasing its decision but you know for us the rba is probably the the one that is 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 more interesting in the sense that it's uh close to home the bank of japan that'll be interesting there and approaching sort of a bit of a uh crossroads so that one's definitely worth monitoring but the the reserve bank of australia tomorrow afternoon i think you'll see another hike in the cash rate um Where are they at? 3.35 they're at at the moment, and I think the market's pricing at about an 80% likelihood of another 25 basis points, another quarter of a percent, so that would take them to 3.6. higher since 2012, not as high as us here in NZ, not as high as what you're seeing in the US. Remember that in Australia, most of the mortgages are floating. Most of the mortgages are floating rate mortgages. You know, only a minority of people fix their mortgage. So, uh, when the cash rate goes up, people feel it. You know, the following week. It's not like here where you've got to wait six months for everyone to go in and you know refix at a higher rate, and you don't have that same lag across the Tasman. Um, so that that's probably why. You know, if it feels like why is ours so high and theirs is not as low, they probably get more bang for buck when it goes up and down. Uh, So, expecting a hike there. They have got a bit more hawkish or a little bit more worried about inflation lately, um, probably because the inflation data has come in a little bit um, stronger than expected. So, at the moment, markets are seeing the Australian cash rate to peak at four, four and a quarter maybe over the second half of this year. That's a lot lower than in New Zealand. People are picking our OCR to go to, you know, maybe five and a half ish. Uh, We'll see. You know, it might not quite get there, 4.75 at the moment. Um, and the, the U.S. cash rate is expected to start with a five as well, um, not too far from here. So uh, a bit happening on the central banking front, and, and also uh, we've got Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve Chair in the U.S., um, uh, providing testimony to Congress um, uh, for the the House and Senate committees on Tuesday and Thursday. So that will be... That will be interesting as well. Um, this is what they call the uh, the Humphrey Hawkins um, uh, Humphrey Hawkins reports. That they were. That's what they used to call them. It's it's basically when the um, uh, the Federal Reserve has to provide a monetary policy report to the U.S. Congress to the U.S. government um about sort of what they're doing and what they're seeing and what they're worried about so you know it's something that i think i think this came into being sort of in the late in the late 70s and it was um humphrey and hawkins were two two politicians that um uh that sort of you know set it up or, or or mandated it um and uh they deliver these twice a year so in february and then again in july so Guess it what what that means for markets is it's another opportunity to um, listen to what Powell says to you know the politicians of the House and then of the U.S. Senate and they'll ask him questions and he'll answer them they'll ask about the economy and the chance of recession and what are you doing and why you're doing it and how worried are you about inflation and how much further will the Fed funds rates go and what's that going to mean for for people and. Unemployment and the, the corporate outlook, so you do learn a lot. And um, his comments obviously will be closely watched during that testimony. So that's on that's on Tuesday and on Thursday. Um, last one, but last but not least, uh, China's fourteenth National People's Congress um, started over the weekend. So started you know yesterday, as on Sunday. Um, it's actually Sunday when I record this so you know started today but by the time by the time you hear this it'll be tomorrow morning Monday um, and this is a sort of a big political event you know you do get a lot of um, a lot of information about the direction of policy and priorities and goals and you know what the what the government and policy makers in China are sort of looking to achieve and why and how so uh, always interesting always matters especially when you're in a Live in a country that um, is quite tied into China, and um, we're certainly not the only ones. But you know that is the case for New Zealand, so that that's something the market will be watching, probably more so um, this time around because they've obviously China had you know a really tough year last year with the worst um, the worst economic outcomes that we've seen since 1976 in terms of the growth rate. Uh, so after that you know, really tough year, we've seen a recovery this year, and, um, you know, with the dropping of those zero COVID policies, the restrictions being eased, uh, it does there's certainly plenty of challenges and even more geopolitical tensions to monitor, but um, things are moving in the right direction. So that, that's something we'll be looking for information to, um, you know, it'll come out over the course of the week, you'll get tidbits, uh, so that's that's something that, that should be focused on as well okay that's all uh, enjoy your week all take care have a good one and um, uh, we'll talk again soon thank you for more insights visit craigsip.com